Blog Talk Radio. show. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, T-Love, here at From the Heart Radio and the founder and CEO of Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. 
a nonprofit dedicated to providing underprivileged children with basic necessities of life. I'm also a board-certified integrated holistic health energy psychology, positive psychology, and energy and vibrational sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where From the Heart Radio streams to you live each and every week, bringing you optimistic and uplifting information from interesting people, people who are making a positive impact in our world. Today, we have Dr. Bernard Beitman, who is the first psychiatrist since Carl Jung to systematize the study of coincidences. A graduate of Yale Medical School, he did his psychiatric residency at Stanford University. The former chair of psychiatry of the University of Missouri-Columbia Medical School for 17 years, he writes a blog for Psychology Today on coincidence, and he is the co-author of the award-winning book, Learning Psychotherapy. The founder of the Coincidence Project, he is the author of Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen, which is our topic for discussion. Dr. Beitman, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time to be here. It's a pleasure to have you join us on From the Heart Radio. How are you being? I'm being very nicely, thank you. (laughs) And you got the being part. I appreciate that. Your book, Meaningful Coincidences, it is so fascinating. I could not put it down. It is such an enjoyable read. And when I began to read the preface, You got me at your second sentence, or your third sentence, actually, which reads, I am paid to distinguish between reality and crazy. And that's when I thought, "Uh uh-oh, he's going to tell me I'm crazy. But it was so refreshing to learn as I read through the book that I am not. And these experiences happen to everyone. It's just such a, a fascinating field. How did you come to this work? Um. Well, there's a... A lot of ways to say it, like from the past to the present, uh, which is the usual way to answer it. But I'd rather answer it about the future. That I'm, I'm drawn, I'm drawn to a future uh, in which I think a meaningful coincidences can help humanity evolve. And that's in, in what started you studying down this road, yeah. And, and that's what got I, you to, to work in this. <laughs> I in, in a, to say it in a in a very short uh, way, uh, yes. Okay, so let's start with the obvious, which might not be obvious to a lot of people because some people just interchange synchronicity with with coincidence all the time. But there are differences between synchronicity, serendipity, and coincidences. So why don't we start with what is a coincidence? Uh, That's that's what we got to do. You got you got the idea. But back to back to the idea that everyone has coincidences, which you mentioned earlier, uh, mm-hmm. is that it's not, it, 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 how do you know somebody has had or experienced a coincidence? You ha- they have to tell you. And in order for them mm-hmm. to tell you, they have remembered two events happening around the same time, one in their minds and one in their environment, have to remember that. And then that, and that then becomes a coincidence. But if you don't do that mentally, you're not going to have coincidences, even though things are coincidentally happening around you. Does that make sense? Yeah, they have to recognize it. If they don't recognize it, it just it's not there for them. Exactly. Oh, you said it much better. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so you know, not everybody I mean, does. So, so hmm. part of my job is is, uh, is to help people 
uh, with basic ideas about coincidences that you're asking me about, because you can't recognize something without having seen it before. Okay, and 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 the way that it impacts you is the acknowledgement, I guess, I'm looking for uh, that it is indeed a coincidence. Well, this now you're getting. Now I'm glad you say that because we're now getting to the definition. The way you use the word coincidence in that sentence was uh, in the direction of maybe it was random. Did I read that right? Well, someone may read that right. It, it's kind of hard because I think I live with coincidences constantly. <laughs> so I think that if you don't, if, if you may think something is random when actually it may not be. And in some instances, things are just just random. So the acknowledgement of, huh, I just saw that yesterday and now I'm seeing it again today or hearing about it. That's no coincidence. I need to act upon it. Does that help clarify what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. It does. So the the word coincidence is a is a neutral word in a sense that it doesn't you can't call it bad good yes no it's just it's a word and what does it mean uh, a coincidence is the coming together of usually two can be more apparently independent events and they come together in a surprising and unexpected way. Okay. That's, a basic, that's the basic uh, anatomy of the term coincidence. But what we do as human beings is we put adjectives on the noun of coincidence, and we get one, ones like just a coincidence or only a coincidence. And that means uh, more likely they're thinking that random is what's behind them. There's no meaning to it. It's just like just happens which is a yeah, funny phrase yeah they're minimizing it they're minimizing something that may be important that they're just not recognizing and acknowledging as something that's you know could have could have more of a meaning than i'll use the word just a coincidence yeah uh, that's that's really true um and part of seeing coincidences and using them is getting some idea that they might be useful to you and that's just what you we're referring to it, it, it somehow is useful to you. Yeah, almost like, and I'll put it in, I guess, metaphysical terms. Almost like it's a sign, you know, to move forward with something that you were thinking about, or making a purchase, or by, you know, uh, living in a different area. So many different things that people may consider. Well, it was just a coincidence that, you know, our flight landed at such and such a place. We were stuck there for five days. And then, oh, we decided to move there because, and they had heard something back where they live or something like that. Um, that, I think, is what, the, what a lot of people feel is a standard, I'll use that word too, a standard or a, a common coincidence. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's like uh, something bad seems to have happened and it turns out good. Yeah, because out of everything bad, something good usually does happen. Well, that's another thing, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> you you were 
I was referring to the one where the people had to stay over five days. They're hung up and uh, couldn't get on to where they were going, and then they decide to move to that place. Mm-hmm. And that's one where it looked like it was something bad had happened where they got stuck, but then they were able to turn it into something very positive for themselves. Right. And now if we look at that as a coincidence, someone else may say, okay, well, that was just, you know, synchronicity, which one could say, well, it's just semantics. It's, you know, coincidence, synchronicity. But you define them totally differently in the book, which is great because it made sense as to, you know, why they're different. Because I always thought, yeah, synchronicity, coincidence, same thing, until I read your book. (laughs) So how is synchronicity different from a coincidence? Um, let's put the adjective meaningful in front of the word. How is synchronicity? How is synchronicity related somehow to meaningful coincidences? Well, the the funny thing is that Carl Jung never used the word synchronicity for meaningful coincidence. He did. He he used the words meaningful coincidence, and synchronicity Mm -hmm. became an explanation for these meaningful coincidences. Synchronicity became an a-causal connecting principle. So the, the meaningful coincidence and synchronicity have been wrapped up together for quite a while. What I'm doing is saying that synchronicity is not the only meaningful coincidence in our world. Uh, serendipity is a very important one, too, and it differs in some significant ways from synchronicity. And so I've used the word meaningful coincidence as a, an umbrella term to include those two and two others, um, two other kinds of meaningful coincidences uh, that I think make up the, the group of meaningful coincidences. Now, when we talk about meaningful coincidences, are there because our listeners haven't read the book yet, so they're not going to know the answer to this, so that's why we're talking about it. Um, are there meaningful coincidences that you could refer to as common? Many people have the same type of meaningful coincidence. Very much so. And would you care to make a guess about what some of those are? Because I've got some data to, to, to answer your question. Well, I think some of them may be you know, a common meaningful coincidence might be something like they they hear about something an awful lot and then the next thing you know, they see it and they buy it. And people will, they, they go on that, you know. So it's a coincidence that the neighbor got the same car that they got and it was simply because both people had read about the new type of car that came out and everybody wanted. Like when the PT Cruiser came out, all of a sudden it was all over the place. Everybody had it. it would that be an example of a, a common meaningful coincidence? Um, no, uh, because, no. <laughs> one, because once you explain how the coincidence took place, once you have an explanation for it, it's no longer a coincidence because the word coincidence doesn't have an explanation hidden in it. It has a defined explanation, but it's, there is one. Until you get one, then, as you said, the people bought the PT cruisers next door because everybody was buying them. Right. 
So what you're okay. talking about, what you're talking about is probability. I'd rather use the term probability than random, because every coincidence has a probability of happening. Does that make sense? Yes, that does. Yes, yes. Uh, but why don't you tell us some of the common meaningful coincidences that you have data on? Uh, the the four most common in our in our experience uh, were the thinking of someone. Um, the, the best ones are where you haven't for a long time, and they contact you. Oh right, yes, that happens a lot. It happens a lot. Yeah. With short time period time periods. I mean, uh, it's evidence for telepathy is what it is. Uh, it's mm-hmm. until, until proven otherwise. And I'm, I have a way of thinking about telepathy, which uh, maybe we'll talk about later, but I have an idea how it might work. So that will help people think that we have a capacity called telepathy that we need to learn how to use better. So that's one. That's one common one. Another common one um, is having a question and having it answered without having to ask anybody by overhearing a conversation, seeing it in a book or hearing it uh, in the media someplace. Yep. You know that one? I do. That one happens a lot to me, too. I'll, well, you're, you know, I'll have you're, you're, yeah, a question comes up. They're thinking of a question, and all of a sudden, the the anchor or somebody on TV answers a question before you even had time to to say the question, but you knew what the question was. Yep. You thought it. That's all you needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that that's it's really kind of fun when that happens. I think it's like uh, it is. It, it reduces the workload, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it does. <laughs> I know it happens a lot because my husband will say, "Did you see this before?" <laughs> no. Another one. Another one is um, um, being in the right place at the right time. Uh, uh, that one is one of my favorites because. I have a, a possible explanation or kind of way of thinking about how you end up someplace that you didn't intend to go to, and yet it worked out. Usually better than you thought it was going to. I like that one. That, one, that one's happened a, a number of times. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That really is a good one. So mm-hmm. I yeah. figure out about how. Does that happen? I ask myself uh, because I've done I've done stuff like that a bunch of times. Uh, I said, "Hmm, far out and groovy. There's something to this. How's it work?" So yeah. I was uh, so just the be- a really good example is a a 17 year old girl is like uh, in a car by a lake in the woods with her father's gun in her hands and she's thinking about killing herself. God, okay. So as she's like fingering the gun or something, uh, another car pulls up next to her and she looks over through the window and, and it's her brother. And she says, what are you doing here? Um, 
he had never been there before. It was mm. a new place for him. What are you doing? What are you doing here? He said, uh, I don't know. I just felt the need to drive out here. Well, he yeah. was like a robot in her need, if that makes sense. Yes. I think that yeah. He that's telepathy. She was putting out such a high vibration of I want to be out of here and he was probably so close to her that he felt that and he just happened to use his human GPS and found her and stopped her. Ah, so glad you used human GPS in there. Yeah, we all have it. You just got to learn. It's it's our intuition. We need to learn to use it. I mean, I'm an energy therapist, so I use it all the time. <laughs> so this kind of isn't fair. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, you can do that. You can, I can think about someone knowing that I don't have to call them. They will call me, and they do, or they will email me, and they do. I'll know two or three days ahead of time when a patient's going to call for an appointment. I'll think, oh, I'm going to hear from this one this week, and I do. And, you know, so I know that that kind of thing will work a lot. And I, I try to acknowledge when these things happen to me because I, I find it so fascinating and so amazing and I never want to lose that amazement. Yeah, that's part of the fun. That really part yeah. of the fun. The trouble is you get, you get kind of like uh, used to the lower level ones, so you start looking for the higher level ones, you know. And True. there are people yep. who really fire out groovy ones because it looks like, don't tell anybody, it looks like it's possible that the game continues on for quite a long time as you keep discovering more new ways to put stuff together and learn about how reality works and have a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. And and know that we're we're actually part of the creation of it. A lot of people yes, just think, well, you plant you planted here, and this is what you do, and you work really hard, and, and you know, and then you retire, and then you die. It's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> But, you know, God bless for thinking that. (laughs) But I think we are co-creators in in what's happening. And, you know, everything's a choice, right? But when you recognize, it's kind of like gratitude. When you recognize these things that happen, you can't help but feel gratitude in your heart for what you've just experienced. At least I can't. I think it's kind of cool. So I'm like, oh, wow, that was really cool. That You know, even though I know, okay, so-and-so is going to call me for an appointment, it, when the phone rings or the email comes in, I think, wow, that's really cool. It really did happen again. But I, you know, it's just acknowledging it and feeling the gratitude for it. And that's a very high vibration, love the highest vibration. So, you know, all these vibrations fall under the, 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 the umbrella, I guess, of love. And, and there you're raising that vibration and bringing in more. I think you actually do bring in more so you'll recognize more coincidences. Yep. Now, is this the part where you tell me, no, T, you're crazy? <laughs> no, you're, you're, uh, you're advanced is your problem. Um, because, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's what I'm finding with some younger, younger people that, I mean, they, some of them are, so, are, are ostracized or feel like, not ostracized, they just don't feel part of their social groups. Uh, and part of it, and they they feel like they're crazy, but some of it is that they are more advanced beings than the general population. It's not that they're behind or crazy. It's that, unfortunately, they're they're thinking about reality the, the way we are intended to be moving towards in the future. So they're here to teach us, people like you, teach us how to be able to keep expanding our uh, 
our ways of thinking about reality using coincidences, for example. It is, yeah, and I think that's, you know, as I said, uh, you know, when I read your book, I found it just so fascinating because I could relate to some of these things, and I thought, this stuff happens a lot. And then one thing, and I don't know why all of a sudden it hit me, but it hit me just probably just a few minutes before we started the show. I wanted to ask you, is there a, I'm not sure I'm going to phrase this properly, but I'll try. Is there a time limit on coincidences when something, when something happens and then years later something comes up? Is that like too far apart for that to be considered a coincidence any longer? I do so like that kind of coincidence, ma'am. Uh, I got a story. I got me a story about one that would look like about four years separated from each other, with the same gentleman involved with each one of them in the same place, the same four horses, many years later. And uh, yes, I love those. And you got to remember and see the the heart. You got to remember that something happened four years ago, and then see it happen now. And that's what's so groovy about it. But yeah, that's. Definitely, it's not a time limited thing. When when okay. um, when 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 the um, statisticians get involved with estimating the probability of coincidences, they do not take time span into account. Okay. Estimating the probability. If it's a very narrow time span, that's a lower probability. If it's like, you know, a year later, maybe not so much, but if it's four years later, that lowers the probability again, I think. Okay, well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to to give you the example. Is that okay? I'll tell you what it was I thought about. (laughs) Can I do that? Well, I'll make a deal with you, okay? Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'll make a deal with you. That after we talk about what your question is, I get to tell you some of the stuff that happened the energy things that were have happened to me at dance recently. I want yeah. to have your opinion about them. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, that's fair. Okay. We're bartering. <laughs> yeah, we're bartering. We're okay. Bartering. <laughs> okay, so when I was a kid, my parents really didn't drink, but my dad worked in a liquor store at night because we didn't have a lot of money and he was trying to make ends meet. So what town? he brought home um, Massachusetts and uh, where? He, where? I, I was brought up in Framingham, Massachusetts, and he worked at a liquor store in, I believe it was North, um, was it Northboro? Northboro, Massachusetts. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> so he brought home a decanter, and this decanter sat in the house forever, and I used to play with it, and this is why I played with it. The decanter was tall. It had uh, plaid on the bottom and plaid on the top. It was clear in between, and I guess it was for hard liquor. Oh, oh, wait, that was stupid. It, it definitely was for scotch. Okay, and this is why. Because in, in the bottle is a little tiny man that is dressed in a kilt. He's a little Scotsman. And when you turned the knob, the music played, and the little guy did the jig. <laughs> he did a jig. And I always thought this was the coolest thing. And I loved it. And then I saw the movie Brigadoon, and I fell in love with the movie Brigadoon. And I always loved that decanter. And I remember my mother said, well, someday maybe you'll marry a Scotsman and you can have that decanter. Well, someday came, and I married a Scotsman who's off the boat. Okay, so it's not like he was born here and he's of Scottish heritage. He's a Scotsman. <laughs> and she gave me the decanter. Now, this was, this was like 20 years later. It was, it was a long time later, and I still have the decanter. But I'm wondering, is that, could that be construed as a 
coincidence or or what? <laughs> and the coincidence, I missed the middle of it, uh, and that, that middle of it was the guy from Scotland. Yeah, that's my husband. I, he's right off the boat. That, <laughs> he's right off the boat. And you have the decanter. So what is the surprising confluence of events here? The fact that I actually met a Scotsman right off the boat and married him. I mean, there's Who a ton of people right, in this country. Who's right off the boat? My husband. You or him? Him. What were you What were you doing at the boat? Oh no, there wasn't there wasn't a real boat. I just mean he's directly on. The, I just mean he's directly from Scotland. He came here when he was a child, so he wasn't born in this country. It's not like he only had Scot Scottish heritage. He actually is, you know, a full. A full Scotsman. Uh, there's because of the the canter. Uh, you, you're saying that was a a, a low probability event. No, I'm saying yeah. I mean because I saw this decanter and played with it when I was a kid, and then my mother says, uh, you know, maybe maybe someday you'll marry a Scotsman and I'll give you the the decanter, and also. Here's another thing that happened. Then I was in high school, and I went to high school with a person whose last name was Love, okay? And I said, oh, I love your last name. She said, oh. And I said, do you have any brothers? And she goes, no, but maybe you'll marry somebody with the last name Love. And I did, because the Scotsman, <laughs> his last name is Love. So it's kind of weird that these things were happening in my life, and then, lo and behold, I meet a gentleman at work. His last name is Love. He is from Scotland. He's... 100% Scottish, and his parents brought him over here when he was, you know, two years old. So, so what is okay, that? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. One of the things about telling coincidence stories is we put in details that aren't helpful to the listener trying to figure out what you're talking about. Because so okay. the details cover over things. So I'm going to repeat back what what I just heard, what, what I now think of as the coincidence, as what seems so coincidental, your mother said she'd give it to you if you married a Scotsman. And yes. so you married a Okay, so that's a coincidence between what your mother requested or demanded of you and you actually doing it. I mean, that's a coincidence. But is it explainable? Yeah. And how would you explain it that you married a Scotsman? Well, it wasn't like I went on some kind of a site that said Scottish people only. <laughs> you know, that isn't what happened. So I, I don't know how to explain it other than I met this person at work, and we dated, and then we got married. Well, it, it's this human GPS thing. Um, yes. That it's, it's one thing to have your mother, let me say in a way, predicting who you would marry. It's, a, it's one way of saying you've got to do it. Um, it's a wordplay thing, but it's still about the future. Mm -hmm. Your mother's saying that, and you doing it. So it's a, it's like my being told to marry a Jewish woman, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Jewish. I was told that. It was flat and have a Jewish son. Uh, I was told that um, very directly, not, not quite as and more directly, and but not not directly. I don't know. I got it, but nobody told me that. Now they think about it, but I knew that's what I had to do, and that's what happened. Um, mm -hmm. that, but that's what happened. I, it was assigned seats on an airplane. That's how, where we met each other. Okay, but 
if she wasn't Jewish, you probably wouldn't have dated her. So it wasn't like you were, you were, um, I mean, you probably were looking for somebody Jewish because that's what you had to do. I was not specifically only dating Scottish people. Oh, I was not skating. It's only Jewish. Oh, okay. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> okay, so the coincidence is the fact that my mother said that, and somehow it kicked into me, and my vibration put out something. They're like, only send me a Scottish person, and I ended up getting one because I wanted the decanter so bad. <laughs> You know, because it reminded you of your father who played with it all the time. And it wasn't just the decanter. No, I played with it all the time. Yeah, I played with it all the time. He brought it home. Yeah. He brought it home from the liquor store, and I played with it all the time. It was like, I just loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing, that you could turn this little knob, music would play, and the little guy inside would dance. (laughs) What better reason would a little girl have than that to marry a Scotsman? I mean, really. I don't know. Love it must have something to do with it. But then, but then the ironic, maybe it's irony. The ironic thing is when I was in high school and the girl who said, maybe you'll marry somebody with the last name love. And I was like, yeah, right. What are the chances of that? <laughs> and I did. And he happened to be a Scotsman too. It's just really weird. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. My job, as you read at the beginning, is to make the crazy, make something right. clear about craziness. <laughs> and no, it's, you are presenting evidence uh, for intuitive by your friend in school precognition, picking it up right. from you, also from you, but also another part of her information store. Yet she could see that you wanted that, but then she could see that you were going to get it. She doesn't know that she could do that. That's what I suggest. Okay. Well, I'll I'll take it because I think that's um, I think it's very possible that things like that do happen. We don't because when you put something out there and then you forget about it, you're not in want. You're it's like you put the order in at the pizza place and you don't keep calling them up saying, "Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet?" No, you just go and get it, knowing full well that you place the order and 15 minutes later it's going to be ready. So it's like placing an order, walking away, and then eventually, you know, the order when you're ready to get married, there's the order. Oh, yay! And it just happens to, you know, check check all the boxes that that people gave to you. <laughs> you know, you know, I love how lower class you think, man. I love it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what does that mean, Doctor Vitamin? <laughs> well, I won't try to explain it, but I lived in I lived in a lower class neighborhood for much of my childhood um, and teenage years. So that's where that came from, and I will leave it alone right there. But I love the way you're thinking. That analogy you used was just so wonderful uh, of like the, the per- <laughs> of calling the pizza place. I just love that. Uh, it's so right. I mean, the nice thing about that is it's so, like, palpable. It's not an abstract metaphor that you're using there. And, and it's so right. You don't keep calling. And we've all done it. Yeah. You know, you don't don't hang up the phone and a minute later say, did you roll out the dough and then call back and say, is the sauce on it? Have you put the toppings on yet? Is it in the oven? No, you just have faith. You believe when you go away. (laughs) If you keep doing all that stuff, remember the pepperoni, uh, and you keep doing that, they're not going to make it for you. 
they're going to like no. not want to talk anymore. So, uh, so let me get to my question, okay? Yes, go right ahead. Energy. Hmm. I got to take a breath here because <laughs> I love this. I love this subject, and um, I love experiencing interpersonal energy. And my first question for you is uh, what is the reality of each person having an energy signature like a fingerprint? What is the reality? Yeah, do you think that's true? That everybody has their own signature um, imprint as far as energy or a fingerprint goes? Yes. I believe I heard the answer to be yes to my question. Yes, that's correct. When I'm working on people, I can tell when I'm working on someone. Sometimes I'll be working on a person, and I can feel another energy coming in. It's almost like I opened the door and said, hey, I'm open for business. And energies say, hey, she's open for business. Let's go see if we can get some more because we really liked it. And I will, I will be working on one person, and I'll say, okay, I can invite you in, but this is about this person. You can partake in the energy too, but I'm not working on you solely. And I'll, because there's plenty of energy for anyone. I do it in groups. I do it in, you know, one-on-one. And then I'll email a person afterward and I'll say, hey, why'd you bust into my energy session with a different patient? And they will, they will email back and say, oh my God, I did need you today. It, it, it doesn't fail. And sometimes people will email me and say, were you working on me today? And I'll be like, yeah, I was. I was working on you, and I'll give them the time, and they'll say, yep, I could feel it. So there, everybody has a different energy imprint. Otherwise, how would I know whose energy it was? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's, that's real testing of the idea. Um, you can – the person can tell that it's you working on them. Yep. And you tell people you are working on. Yeah, because when yeah. Um, yeah, when when I feel an energy come in, I'll know, oh, this is so and so. Okay. And that's okay. why that's, that's, Yeah. That, that's, then when I'm finished great. I'll email them and say, Why were you busting into my session? I was with somebody, it wasn't your turn. <laughs> you know, and I'll laugh, but it does happen. Or even even if I don't know a person, like if I do, because part of what I do is playing quartz crystal singing bowls. So I'll work on people energetically, and then I'll play quartz crystal singing bowls, which is a whole different vibration and, and has its own healing benefits. But I will, in, in a concert, I will be able to hone in on different people in the room because their energy is stronger and calling out to me, and I'll know what bowl to play on their solar plexus. And then afterward, I'll say to them, you know, I remember talking to one group of people. I said, something's going on with thyroid over here. Now, it was a bunch of women. The chances of that are, you know, 100%. You know, I'm going to guess somebody has a thyroid issue, right? So even I was just like, okay, but it's right over here. And I'm looking at a mother and her daughter. And the mother came up to me afterward, and she said, so you think I have a thyroid issue? I said, no, I think your daughter does. And she looked at me, and she goes, she's 12. I said, I know. And she said, well, she does. And I said, well, go get it checked, because I, I don't think they have it properly diagnosed. I think there's more that they can do. And I had played bowls on the child, so I knew the child had had – she's 12. She shouldn't have thyroid issues. But of all the women in the room, and they were all, you know, they all had the potential to have a thyroid issue. Why did I go with a 12-year-old? 
So you can distinguish the energies between the people. So I have to say that the imprint is completely unique, just like a, just like a fingerprint. Thank you. Is this way you tell me I'm crazy? <laughs> you are crazy, but in a, in a, in a good way. Advanced oh, way. I mean, uh, it's a crazy it goes both ways i'm trying to tell i'm trying to tell you that i'm crazy too you know that's why that's why i can write that in that book that's really fun I, yeah i've i it's fun being a certain kind of crazy it's just uh it, anyway it, it's it's fun because it's like a fun house and keep learning things and it's laugh it's, it's a lot of fun so dance floor is like that for me very much like uh out so much fun on the dance floor and mm-hmm. I want to talk about a couple of experiences with interpersonal energy. It's different from healing. This is like people dancing thing. And this dance is like conscious dance, it's called, or five rhythms or, or, or ecstatic dance. But it's pretty much just dance the way you want to with some contact improv going on sometimes, too. And mm-hmm. you dance with people. Okay. okay. So... This, these are three events with three different people. Um, with the first first two, um, after intensely being involved with each of them very at different times, I'm just putting them together. Um, okay, let me say it this way. The first one is like we're dancing for the first time and we're looking into each other's eyes. And her eyes like stood out in my mind for like a time afterwards. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. and something I got like, I got, I got like um, connected to her in a way that I went home and it was like her energy was in and out of me, kind of like perfume might be, but this was like her energy had permeated my energy field and my body and my body. And it was like smoke in me and I like uh, and it kind of went away by the next morning what do you think of that I think that's really cool that is definitely when you have a connection with someone and the energy does stick with you that that definitely was an exchange of energies yours and hers it would be interesting to know or did you ever find out or see her again if she had a similar reaction not that you would have explained it this way but to just to see if the connection was still there Oh, I saw her for too long afterwards. I mean, it was a difficult relationship. And I never, since it was the first time it ever happened to me, I, I just never thought about it. Uh, and th- there was a second one that that happened with, too. Uh, and this was after the first one. Um, but it was like the same thing. And I didn't think of this talking, talking it with her either for various reasons. But what I want to mm-hmm. get to is what, what happened recently. Um, okay. I, I'm getting more open uh, to stuff um, around me. And so this is more answer to your question before. It's like I start, I was talking to somebody and we looked, we locked eyes with each other. And I kept like saying the same thing over and over again because I was just caught up looking into her eyes and later mm-hmm. told her that I really is what I was seeing. But then on the after dance was over, somehow we were sitting down and I said, I love your the way your mind works or love your mind. And she looked at me again, straight in my eyes. 
and we held mm-hmm. hands, uh, looking at each other, and then uh, my arms and her arms and shoulders began to melt together, so that our it was like this fluid energy field between each of our sh- her shoulders and mine. What do you think of that? Mm-hmm. I think you know. I think that when we are, first of all, dance to me is one of the most intimate things that people can do without somebody saying get a room it's legal you know it's very intimate um and it it raises your endorphins to such a high level that you are going to be in a euphoric state but when you really look in a person's eyes and i tell people this all the time when you say thank you to someone look in their eyes and say thank you don't just throw the thank you away even if it's the clerk at the store when you're going through the register, just say, thank you, have a good day, because no one does that. And that's when you're connecting human to human. And that's what we're supposed to be. And we're too afraid to do that with people because we don't want to make ourselves that vulnerable. So rather than worry about that, to connect with somebody on that level, these experiences we don't have all that often in life because we don't allow ourselves to do it. The more you allow yourself to do it, the easier it becomes. And as you said, you're opening up in a way. Yeah, you are. You're opening up in a big way energetically, and that's the goal of some of the work that I do is to get people to open up more energetically so that they do have these experiences because it isn't always about intimate love. It's just love. Love is so many different things. But when you come from your heart and you guys were in all these instances, it's going to be a different feel, a different relationship than if you're just out having fun and not looking at each other and not, you know, and throwing the words away. And the fact that it started all at a dance studio right there, that's where the energy started because of the fact that you do through dance and looking into somebody's eyes, it becomes very euphoric. You're raising those endorphins to a very high level. Um, okay. How about this melting of the uh, arms uh, and shoulders? I'm wondering how much you guys really liked each other. Are you still seeing each other? Because I think you really liked each other a lot. <laughs> uh, just to be um, clear about it, this fusion of arms and shoulders suggests we like each other a lot. Uh, yeah, a tremendous was- amount. Like you were, you were coming together as, as not as one, but you were, you were really connecting on a super high level on a very high energetic level because your arms weren't literally melting into each other, but it felt and seemed that way. Exactly. And yeah. so uh, as, cause we were doing it at the end of dance, we kind of had to, we're getting ready to leave or get up. I mean, we're just standing, we were just like knee to knee, uh, eye, eye to eye, hand to hand, just becoming merged with each other is what you're right. Yeah, that's what you're saying. So the yeah. energy was really wonderful. Is what that's what that's one of. So I, I I asked her if she noticed that our arms had melted together, and she nodded a yes. And I mm-hmm. loved that I could ask her, and that she could tell me too, so that she was aware of it was really so far out and groovy. So that's not really that's that's just the preamble of that. So that was like four, eight, eight seven, or eight weeks ago. And she didn't show up to dance that I'd seen, and I go pretty regularly. But wouldn't you just know it? I come late to dance on Sunday. Well, <laughs> stuff happened. Stuff happened. 
and the what should happen to me but by the cubbies that are outside of the dance floor and you pass the cubbies and well you put your clothes and your, your shoes and stuff and then go out on the dance floor and when you go around the cubby onto the dance floor it's a lot like going out on stage it's a dance floor and a stage because everybody's like dancing and watching mm-hmm. as well as or something like that so I come late and who is there but the person I just telling you about um, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen him for a while I said I haven't seen you for a while we immediately grab touch each, grab hands and start dancing with each other okay I told you too many details so I'm going to get right to the, <laughs> the, the, the bottom part of it. Um, that at the end of dance I was dancing with somebody and Without thinking about it, I stopped dancing with that person, made a quarter turn to the right, and there she was looking right into my eyes again. And we started dancing for the end of the dance. We did it at the beginning. And I began to wonder, was she telepathically telling me to stop dancing with the person I was dancing with and dance with her? Because that's what it seemed like. I was a robot in her eyeballs or something. That very well could be. She may not have even known she was doing it. It could have been just on her part that, gee, I really wish I'd dance with me instead of with that other person. And, you know, and therefore, and it was so strong, the desire, because desire is a really huge emotion. And when you desire something versus want, want is lack, desire is not. Desire is a knowingness that this can happen. Desire is, is, is creative. It's production. It's, um, it's, it's birthing an idea. Whereas want is, gee, I really want that, but your fists are clenched and you can't take it because you have no place to take it with because your hands are clenched. You want it so bad it shows lack. So her desire to me, her desire was such that she really wanted to dance with you. And that energy came right across to you. And so you danced with her. Yeah. Beautifully said. So then um, we talked a few things, said a few things not worth saying. And then I, Go home and I have trouble sleeping. Um, yep. And the trouble sleeping, I looked at and tried to examine it. It wasn't like it was wasn't like the that fog that the energy fields of these two other people I was telling you about. This was like she had put a large microchip into my being. Of her. She put a spell on you. <laughs> That's the old way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, she put a spell on you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's the excitement, and it's the, you know, and we do have connections, I believe, and, and, and I think that, you know, because energy, you can't kill energy. Energy just doesn't die. So when people are afraid of death, it's, I, I used to do a lot of um, pediatric hospice work, and children are never afraid to die. But the families is really who I was there for. And when we die, we don't go away. If we had those glasses like they do for movies where you can see something 3D, we would put them on and see that everybody's still here. We just can't see them. They're around. They're noticing things. They're, they're a part of the existence. Their energy is still here. 
and their energy is, is able to be accessed. And I think that sometimes when we come in, we're coming in when we're born, we're coming in with information, first of all, that, you know, people take away from us. No, you don't have imaginary friends. You can't possibly know this, that, or the other thing. But little kids are very close to source, and they know these things. And when we get our vibration up to that level, we, too, are very close to source, and we can feel things like a connection we may have had with someone and perhaps were married to in a previous life, or they were, you know, our parent or a sibling or whatever in a previous life. So it to me, it can be something that way because energy doesn't, energy just doesn't die. You can't kill energy. You can transmute it, but you can't kill it. How'd you get so smart? Well, I was just going to say, is this the part where I'm crazy? <laughs> no, no. This, did you hear what I just said? I How'd did. So <laughs> I did, and I laughed at it. <laughs> Because <laughs> oh my goodness! What I'm doing, what I'm doing for you today is what it looks like. Uh, I'm be doing a lot of for a while. <laughs> it's like I'm like I'm like the fucking assholes. Excuse me. I'm like the psychiatrist <laughs> who comes along with a stamp on his with a stamper in his hand and marks on people like you who are advanced in thinking about what's going on here. I come along and mark a. a this is like put a uh, put a stamp on your head that says she is something. I haven't figured out the word yet, but advanced. <laughs> she is advanced. I got to come up with a better word. But you, you know what I'm trying to say? She's advanced. Yes. She knows, and that's an indirect way of saying she ain't crazy. If you want a stamp that says she ain't crazy, I'll do that too. But I like the more positive one. That's your advanced. Yeah, and. W- and we can't make it an A because that's been done before, and it wasn't for a very good reason. So we can't put that on people's no, forehead. <laughs> no, we can't do that. Can't do that. Can't. Oh, my God. We have talked about so much, and we've learned a lot about coincidences and other things as well. But I do have one question that, that I, I wonder, and, and, and you address this in your book. How can we prepare for coincidences so that we can better use them in our life when, when they occur? You know, it's like – how do you prepare in advance for a coincidence you don't know is going to happen, but so that when they occur, you can use the tools to, to make them better for your life? It's a, it's a very good question and a long question, but the best way to, for some people to answer that question is expect the unexpected. Okay. There's so more there's no preparation. <laughs> there is definite preparation. If this is um, this is what I think uh, happens after you've done it for a while, um, you you develop a kind of coincidence detector button in your psyche somewhere, so that when things happen, you don't have to say, "Oh, there's a coincidence." If you already got a program in there that's going to like alert your conscious mind to there's something weird happening out there, pay attention. Okay, so. Like, I probably do that. I have a prepare button that when it happens, I just say, oh, cool, it happened again. <laughs> yeah. Rather, yeah. Yeah, rather than trying to figure it out. Okay. Well, figuring it out sometimes is a good idea. And, and <clears throat> the, the uses of coincidences are sometimes uh, just fun. I mean, they're just fun. Uh, but sometimes, as you were talking about, they help you with decisions. Decisions are can use a little help sometimes and coincidences sure. help. And there are a yeah. lot of other different ways and, that we can 
talk about that. But you know. Yeah, one of, them you, one of them you said was that coincidence can be clues to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. I love that one. <laughs> Speak to that. I do love that one. That came to me one day. I don't know. I was thinking and thinking. And there it was. Because there was. That, it, it, the, this, is, this is what we got here is like polarities. So what you're searching most for sometimes is right underneath your nose. Or the weirdest thing you can ever find is right in front of you. you. You think it would have to be someplace else, but the weirdest thing is you. And I want to be want to be able to say this thing before we end that I just figured out today. That that when people say, if, if I say to this good-looking woman, I say you're beautiful, and she says she's spiritually elevated, so she says. No, I'm a reflection of you. And I I say, no, not exactly. There are differences between us that are really important and a lot of fun and worth looking at because they tell us about ourselves. True. That's true. But it is a reflection of you because we find in others when, when we either have an issue with someone – like someone does something and you can think, wow, that is really wonderful what they're doing. And you'll be really happy for them because it's things within you that you see that you do yourself. Other people may say, I, I can't stand the way that he or she does this, that, or the other thing, because it's something they aspire to do and they can't figure out how to do it. And so the jealousy card plays and they're, they're not happy with that person. So it is a reflection usually of yourself when you see things in other people. Yes. Yes, and also there are differences. So, again, with the polarized world we live in, yes, I have two friends now that are really reflections of parts of me that I, in a way, didn't want to pay attention to. Uh, And I have to see it, particularly in one, because it's a reflection. And there are other people, well, I'll, I'll just say that. So he is a mirror of me, and I'm a mirror of him. But then there are other people, a lot of them are called girls, we would call them mm-hmm. women, that yep. um, are so funny. There's so many different variations in some in a subset of women, I mean, at, at dance particularly. There's a, they're so interesting, and I like to figure out how they work, because it's, uh, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like anthropology uh, live and in color with music. And it's your job, figuring out how people work. That's what you do. And recently I've come up with, not I've come up with being able to see people's minds as kind of like in, have individual characteristics, like an energy si- signature, but the mind mm-hmm. has a kind of, Okay, it's kind of more. I think of a, think of it, the brain really is where I'm thinking about it. It's kind of like a an animal, little animal, shaped kind of like a turtle, because that's the way the brain mm-hmm. kind of looks like at first. And it's kind of like this thing has characteristics that are very much like the energy signature of the person, that person. And I like to yeah, see how sense. well. I like to see how well they function. Some mind. I love. Minds that are 
really curious and have learned a lot. And you have, you're very curious, madam. You are very curious. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I know. <laughs> one, one could make that guess. Uh, and you like using your very strong, intense analytical energy like a, like a beam out into the darkness of reality to see what's going on out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I will agree with that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dr. Biteman, we're almost out of time. So I need you to tell our listeners before we go how they can learn more about you and your work and where they can purchase your book, Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Synchronicity and Serendipity Happen. Uh, you can purchase your, my book at a local bookstore or in front of your computer. You know how to do that. Um, my website, though, I'd really like people to know about. Uh, yes. It's called Cohen, coincider.com, C-O-I-N-C-I-D-E-R. And it's coincider is someone who experiences coincidence, a coincider coincidence. So coincider.com. Go ahead. You have a survey on there because I took it. That's the site I took the survey on, correct? Because I went to your other site too, drbiteman.com and, and Coincider. Yeah, that, you, you took the weird coincidence survey. Yes. Yep. I did. It's really interesting. You've got to go take the survey to see, <laughs> to see where you fall. <laughs> and that's on that Coincider.com. Right? Yep. yep. Okay. That's about my book. And if you like football, you'll see me run uh, a video of me running 97 yards for a touchdown. Oh, I didn't see that. I'll have to go back. I'll have to go back and look at that. Huh? That's kind of cool. Yeah. The, it, the survey is interesting, though. It's very short, and it will tell you just how much of a um, coincidence person you are, how, how sensitive you are. Is that the word they used? Yeah. Sensitivity level, yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. Wow. This was a great show. Can you stay on the line for a couple of minutes and I'll um, talk to you as soon as I do the sign off? Yeah. Let me go get a little something to eat. And uh, so you stay there and I'll be back too. Okay. <laughs> okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on From the Heart Radio. So please share it with your friends. We live in a most challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you don't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live, productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So please share the good news that you heard here today, all the fun that we've had by sending the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at From the Heart Radio, I'd like to thank all our listeners for tuning in. We will be here next week for another show, so write that down so you don't forget. Please also check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We're run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries, no stipends, no compensation of any kind to anyone. Every penny goes toward underprivileged children. And right now, We're helping subsidize the cost of mental health sessions for children who might not otherwise receive this so very much needed therapy. If you do not have strong mental health, 
you cannot learn or live well at all is vitally important. And all the children deserve a fair chance for a good life. So that starts with mental health. Children need our help, and together we can provide them the help they need. So please consider donating to SojiKids.org. Your donation makes a difference. Every single dollar makes a difference. And if you'd like to sponsor a child, you can visit SojiKids.org to learn how. At Soji Huggles, we are investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So thank you for taking time to visit our website. Please follow us on Twitter at Soji Huggles. And while you're in your social media accounts, please be sure to like us on Facebook, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. I am your host, T. Love, here at From the Heart Radio, intending you and yours a wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
Thank you.